that refers to the house of God as a house of prayer. Uh, we know those. It's Isaiah chapter 56 and verse number 7. The Bible says, Even then will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. From mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. That's Isaiah 56, 7. And that verse is referred to twice in the Gospels, one in the book of Matthew, chapter 21. In verse number 13, where Jesus cleansed the temple, says, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Then that's uh, again in Mark chapter number 11 and verse number 17 refers to that Old Testament passage in Isaiah 56, 7. I got to thinking about uh, the prayer that takes place at church. There's a lot of things we pray about, pray for. We're doing a series, as I said, sporadically as the Lord leads on how to pray, different things to pray for. I think my first message was how to pray for missionaries. Talked about how to pray for missionaries, how to pray for young people was another message. How to pray for your pastor was one we did here recently. Another one was how to pray for America. I think we did that back in July, around July the 4th, if I'm not mistaken. And I've got a long list of different things that you and I need to ask God to help us know how to pray. I think a lot of times we pray blanket prayers, generalities. And I dealt with that this morning about being trying to be in the power of the Holy Spirit a little bit more specific in our praying. We're good at just throwing a blanket over it and be, and be done. But I believe God likes specific prayers. And I believe that we need to learn how to pray for different things a different way. And tonight, I'd like to preach on this thought, how to pray for the church service. How to pray for the church service. Uh, now, that's different than praying for the church. This is praying for the service. Now, here at Calvary Baptist Church, we still have three services every week. Amen. On the minimum. Yeah. I have four counting Sunday school. We have Sunday school at 10, and we have the 11 o'clock worship hour on Sunday. And then at 5 o'clock on Sunday night, we come back and do it again. That's what we're here doing right now. And then on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, we all come back at 7 o'clock for another service. We have at least to count Sunday school, four services, three in here every week on the minimum, and then we'll sometimes have special services, revivals, and, and things of that nature. And uh, as a lot goes on, right in here, and right over there in Junior Church, during the church service, a lot going on. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we have a prayer ministry here at Calvary Baptist Church, and I appreciate everybody that's, that's grabbed a hold of that and that's involved in the prayer ministry. I'd like to see more people involved, and hopefully tonight's message will help that a little bit. But we have a prayer room, an unofficial prayer room. I'm just out, just out of curiosity, how many of you have been saved a long time? Remember back in the day when churches had a prayer room? Raise your hand. Had a prayer room. There was a designated room somewhere where you'd go and pray before the service. And uh, that balcony is our prayer room, all right? If you can navigate the steps, and most of you can, you can go up there and pray. It's got plenty of room to get up there and get by yourself and pray and talk to God and pray about the service. I remember when I was at, um, of course, down south, most of the churches I was ever in had a prayer room. We'd all gather in our men. There was a ladies' prayer room. There was a men's prayer room. We'd go in there and get a hold of God and pray. And I remember growing up, I guess probably my first experience with a prayer room would have been at Faith Baptist Camp. Brother Sammy Allen's at Resaca, Georgia. They had a room. Uh, about half the size, I'd say, of Lane Hall, about half the size of Lane Hall, uh, where men would go in there and pray 
anytime, anytime. I mean, you can go in there any time of the day and somebody be in there praying, but especially before the services. And they had morning services, afternoon services, and night services. And you can go in there about an hour before church and there'd be anywhere from 15 to 30, 40 men in there praying. And when I mean praying, I'm talking about praying in a preaching voice kind of praying. I'm not talking about silent prayer. I'm talking about sweating, lathered up, tie loosened up on the floor, calling out to God. And I'd go in there as a little boy to pray. And being a little boy, I didn't pray long because I was a boy. When I became a man, I put away childish things and started praying. But when I was a boy, I'd go in there and pray about five minutes. But I'd find myself just sitting there and listening and watching, watching these old men of God get in there and pray. And they weren't praying to be heard by anybody in there. I can promise you that. In fact, that was probably my first experience of being in a group where they was praying in the Holy Ghost, like I preached about this morning. And uh, you'd have Brother Wayne Henderson would be in there, Brother Milton Taylor would be in there, Brother Fane Jordan would be in there, and half a dozen other preachers would be in there. And uh, man, I'm telling you what, they'd pray. I mean, pray the house down. And now some of y'all, if you'd go in there, it'd make you real nervous. It'd make you nervous. I heard somebody say one time, I don't like everybody praying out loud all at the same time. You think God's got a problem hearing everybody all at the same time? If we, were to pay, if we were to call on you to pray, you think you're the only person on planet Earth praying right now? He's listening to a whole lot of people praying. He don't have no trouble. He don't have no trouble at all. But I remember sitting there as a little boy in the prayer room. Brother Sammy had always encouraged everybody to go to the prayer room. How many of, you, how many of y'all going to go to the prayer room? Make your raise your hand. How many of you going to go to the prayer room? How many of you ladies going to go down to the ladies' prayer room? Now, I never went down there. <laughs> I can't tell you what they did in there, but I know what they did in the men's prayer room. They prayed. And God did things in the services at Faith Baptist Camp. And a lot of churches that I was in as a young boy, different churches had prayer room. And uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm a firm believer in praying before the service for the service. Because there's things that happen during a church service that is unique to any other thing that you're going to go to this week. There's not another event, there's not another venue, there's not another occasion that you will go to this week that will be anything close to what's going on in here right now. It's a unique environment. It's a unique, it's a time for spiritual warfare. The spiritual warfare that takes place during any given service, most people, most people, I'm not being critical, I really am not being critical, and I don't think I'm even being negative, I think I'm being realistic, most people are oblivious to the spiritual warfare that takes place in a church service. The devil's going to do everything he can to prevent the word of God from going forth in free course, but it's a time for spiritual warfare. It's a time for sowing the word. It's a time for the supernatural working of God in hearts and lives. I guarantee you, if I were to ask for a show of hands, just out of curiosity, and the church is not the only place somebody can get saved, but a lot, most people got saved at church, probably at a church service, just out of curiosity, how many of you got saved at church during a church service? Raise your hand, either right before, or right after, or during a church service. That's a vast majority of you right here. Most men that God calls to preach, he does it in a church service, a message, something is said or done. God uses to put a hook in them forevermore change their life. Many folks that surrender to the mission field, it happens during the church service. There's something about church that's unique. God works in a special way. It's a time for the saints of God to worship together. It is a time for singing together. Boy, hadn't it been good tonight? The good singing and the choir music and the congregational singing is unique. And I'm just telling you, there's something about praying before the service, for the service, 
I think we all need a crash course on maybe some things that we need to pray about. I believe the church service is a time that should be bathed in prayer. God help us if the only person praying before church is the preacher. Come on now. Everybody ought to be entered into the house of God in the spirit of prayer. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. And so tonight, I want to just give you five or six things that I've, I've jotted down here tonight, just bouncing around looking at different things that I think you and I need to make this our prayer list for the church services. Write this down. Number one, we ought to pray for the Lord to be supreme in the services. This is God's house, by the way. In, in, in Matthew 21, when Jesus went into the temple, the Bible says he went into the temple of God, cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. He cleared the temple, cleansed the temple, got rid of all those people that were in there making money, those people that were lying and deceiving and robbing people. He said, this is the Father's house. Can I say to you tonight that we're in the church of the living God and he ought to be preeminent, he ought to be supreme in every single service that takes place at Calvary Baptist Church. In Isaiah chapter number six, the Bible tells us in verse number one, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each had six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. In the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord high lifted up in the temple. He was supreme. He was preeminent. In this service, in every service that takes place at Calvary Baptist Church, our main goal should be to exalt and magnify and extol and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He ought to be, he ought to be not the guest of honor. He, this is his house, amen. This is his house. And everything, every song, every testimony, everything that takes place should make him, make much, make much of God, make much of him. That ought to be what we pray about. We ought to pray that nothing takes place in a service that would not magnify and glorify the Lord. I pray at every single service, Lord, please. I pray it in my prayer closet. I pray it in my office before I come out here. Lord, please be glorified, be magnified, be pleased with everything that takes place during the service. We don't want to do anything to rob you of your place as um, the preeminent, supreme, this, the, the church in so many places has turned, I think these lights are dim. That's distracting me. Somebody check these lights, see if they're to turn down. That's bothering me. I, if they're not turned down, I'll be surprised. I, they just, everything looks kind of dark out there. But um, the, 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 the average place where you go, they call church. God is almost like a, like a, 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 a sideline. They have such an agenda. They have such a, 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 a it's like they've got a, their own little idea of how it's supposed to be. And, and God, God and the things of God and the word of God and the power of God and the presence of God is secondary. I've been in places before, sat through the whole service and left. And I thought, well, that was a waste of time. 
was a waste of time. Amen. I've been to churches before and sat there, and it's like everybody was oblivious to the fact that God wasn't there. Right. Uh -huh. The glory was departed. Ichabod over the door. It's sad. It's sad that you can write Ichabod over the door of most churches, and they don't even know it. Nothing changes. They just keep right on rolling. And I just, my prayer at every service at Calvary Baptist Church is that God is supreme. The Lord is exalted. He's magnified. Somebody sent me a video clip of um, uh, this past week. Might have been my brother sent me this video clip of this comedian on, in, a, in a church. And he was up doing a skit. Leaning on the everlasting arms. And the guy was doing it in the 40s style music. In the 50s style music. In the 60s style music. In the 70s style music. And he had on wigs. And he had on leather coats. And he did everything from Elvis impersonations to John Travolta. And doing all the dancing. On the platform. On the platform. And people were laughing. And I text my brother back, and I said to him, I said, if my song leader did that on our church platform, I'd burn his house down with him in it. <laughs> there ain't no way. There is no way in the world I could sit in church with that kind of junk going on. I, it's, it's called a sacred desk. There ought to be a sense of reverence and respect in the house of God turn the church into a comedian hall and turn it into dance halls and got all these sideshows and freak shows going on. I'm telling you, we ought to pray before we come in here that the Lord is supreme and that he's pleased and he's glorified with everything that takes place. Amen. If it's even the least bit questionable, I'm gonna stay away from it. Stay away from it. Pray for the Lord to be supreme. In Exodus chapter number 40, in verse 34, 35, the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. This is Old Testament stuff. I'm quoting Old Testament stuff. I'm gonna tell you something. If they were able to experience the presence of God, if God's glory and presence was so real in the Old Testament with their limited understanding and their limited knowledge, how much more in 2021 should we come into the house of God and experience his presence and his glory in this place? Amen. Amen. Pray for the Lord to be supreme. Number two, write this down. We're talking about how to pray for the church service. Pray for the leadership to be spirit-led. Pray for leadership to be spirit-led. I, I, I stress this often. I've done my best since I've been here. And I wasn't here before I got here, so I don't know how it was before I got here, but I know since I've been here, I have tried my best to stress and train and teach our church that I'm serious about following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And every meeting we have, I had a meeting with the music ministry just a few weeks ago right here on a Sunday afternoon. And I told him, I said, you might be on the itinerary to sing, but you might not sing. God might want to do something different. Just be ready to sing, be ready not to. I'm not going to get locked into some, I'm not going to get locked into some schedule or some menu that says this is what we got to do. I'm going to try to follow the Lord. And I don't care if it's Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, it don't matter to me. I want to try to be sensitive to the Lord. And this morning we had a couple of people lined up to sing. Brother Hudson walked in and I said, the Holy Spirit said, I believe you ought to get him up here to sing one. And he tried to get out of it. I really felt like he ought to sing. And he did. We, he, he sang. And it was a blessing. And then I walked right down there and our ladies were sitting down there and I said, now we got two specials. 
Which one of y'all ain't singing? Because I'm only going to do one of y'all. We got, I got a long message, and we're going to jump right into this. And they said, well, she can sing, I can sing, whatever. And the Spirit was, whatever the, whatever the Lord wants, that's what we want to do. Amen. Amen. I think Sister, Sister Sasser was supposed to play the offertory tonight. And I went up to her and I said, are you supposed to play the offertory? She said, yes, sir. I said, is it going to hurt your feelings if I don't get you to play, if I get ever to play? She said, no, sir. I said, good, because he's going to play the offertory. <laughs> Just trying to follow the Lord. Little things. Sometimes we have the offering in the middle of the service. Sometimes we have it at the end. Amen. One of these services we might come in here and first thing we do is take up the offering. Sure as the world, it'll be a first time visitor. Said, man, they all talk about some money around here. I just, I just believe in following the Lord. Amen. He might want us to sing two or three choir songs. He might not want the choir to sing at all. He might want me to preach for an hour. He might want me to preach 20 minutes. I want to be sensitive to what God has. Everybody in leadership, everybody involved in the service needs to be prayed for that they will be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit because we're all human. Let me give you an example. In Numbers chapter 20, in Numbers chapter number 20, I was reading this this afternoon as I was reading about the Spirit of God and the moving of God and the glory of God filling the tabernacle, in Numbers chapter 20, in verse number 6, the Bible says, And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. What a blessing. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron, thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so shalt thou give the congregation and their beast drink. Boy, things are, things are moving right along here. God's glory has been revealed. The, they're on their face before the tabernacle of the congregation. God's communicating clearly and plainly what he wants them to do. God's got a plan to meet the needs of the people, to supply the water for the thirsty people. Things are rolling right along here. Verse 9, and Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. What about that? What happened? Spirit of God was there. Glory was there. The place was full. They were on their face. God's telling them what to do. God's giving him clear instructions as the leader, as the shepherd of that flock. God's giving him straight messages. This is what I want you to do. But he went out and got in the flesh. Got mad, frustrated, because they were Baptists. And Baptists make you frustrated sometimes. So speaking to that rock, he took that rod and smote it. And God, because God's merciful, let water come out anyway. I don't know which is a greater miracle, the water coming out of that rock or the water coming out of that rock when he didn't do it the way God said for him to do it. And God looked at Moses and said, you just disobeyed me, you just got in the flesh, you just lost your temper, and you're not going to go into Canaan land because of it. What am I saying? I'm saying pray for the leadership, they'll be spirit-led. Sometimes we get it wrong. And it has sometimes eternal ramifications. I'm, every service, every service, I'm acutely aware of the fact that God is leading and moving and directing 
And I need to be dialed in to what he's trying to say and what he's trying to do. We have missionaries dropping here all the time. We have preachers dropping here all the time. We've got a preacher sitting on the front row tonight. Tremendous preacher. He's got to be. He's from Georgia. <laughs> Amen. I felt a little something on that right there. Amen. And the Georgia Bulldogs winning yesterday 30-something to zero. That ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm not even going to mention that. Or, or winning last week 62 to nothing. I ain't going to mention that either. I'm just going to leave that. I'm not, I'm not going to get carnal and talk about they might be ranked number one tomorrow if everything goes well. I'm not going to mention that and take Alabama out of first place. I ain't going to go there. I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to stay on topic. But there's not a service goes by that I don't say, Lord, you want somebody else to preach? Do you want me to, sit, you want me to stand down and let somebody else preach? Or you want me to preach? Or you want nobody to preach? I want to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I need you to pray for me to know God's will Amen. for the service. Yeah. Amen. I, I wished I could stand up here and tell you that I've never done what Moses did. I've never got frustrated at the people of God and got aggravated and got in the flesh. But I have. He was aggravated at him. You bunch of rebels. Bunch of rebels. Well, let's just be honest. They were. I mean, he didn't say nothing that wasn't true. It was the must we fetch water out of this rock. Stole the glory from God, didn't he? And God don't share his glory with anybody. And it went from being about God supplying water in the desert to his people out of a rock to Moses was like, you going to make me do this again? You bunch of backslid Baptists. Hope y'all all choke on that water. God looked at him and said, you know what? You're not going into Canaan land because of that. <laughs> Pretty strong, ain't it? You need to pray for the leadership to be spirit-led. Number three, you need to pray for the listeners to be sensitive. Because preaching and teaching is going to take place in the services. That is life-changing. Preacher, do you honestly believe that your, your, that, your, that your preaching and your message, do you really believe it has eternal ramifications? Do you really believe it could change people's life? It's not my preaching, it's the Word. Amen. The Word of God has the power to change Amen. lives. Amen. I'm just the conduit. I'm just the channel. I'm just the vessel. I'm just, I'm just the waiter. The maitre d'. I don't know how you say that. I've never eaten at a restaurant that had a... Am I saying that right? What is that, French? Mater D? Huh? I, you can tell, man. I, 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 for me, going to 7-Eleven, getting the hot dogs eaten out, okay? I don't, I don't know. I know this. I'm just the waiter. He's the one that cooks it up. And the word of God changes lives. And we need the people that are sitting in the pews pray that they'll be sensitive and that they will listen and yield themselves to the word of God to receive it so that God can do something amazing in their life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 19, the Bible says, quench not the spirit. If I've heard that verse once in my life, I've heard it a thousand times. Quench not the spirit. We preach this morning about praying in the Holy Ghost, but you can sit in the pew and you can quench, grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Mary said to the servants in John 2, 5, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's good advice. 
Whatever God says unto you, do it. I said every time we have an invitation, you might need to mind the Lord. Mind the Lord. You ought to mind the Lord from the time you walk in the door, though. We, I'm, I'm grateful at this place, at this church, sometimes people get up in the middle of a special and go to the altar. You say, what are they doing? They're going down there and praying in the middle of that lady up there singing. They're going down there and praying because God told them to. They're being sensitive to the voice of God. That's what we want. Amen. Same people get up and go to the altar before the service, before the message is over. That ain't going to bother me. If you need to get right with God, hey, I've sat through messages before, and I thought to myself, if that preacher will shut up, I'll go to the altar and get right with God. I wish he'd shut up or I can get right with God. My heart felt like it was about to explode. God was working, and God was dealing with me. What am I saying? We need to pray that the listeners and the hearers will be sensitive to the voice of God. In Acts 17, 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. They had already prepared their mind and readied their mind to receive the message. And the Bible says, then they went home and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. I believe we could say those people were sensitive to the voice of God. God shouldn't have to say it two or three times. He shouldn't have to yell. He should say it in a soft voice, gentle voice. He ought to just be able to lean over and whisper in your ear, this is for you. This message is for you. This point's for you right here. You need to do this with it and do this with it. And you ought to respond. We need to pray for people to be sensitive to the voice of God. If the listeners will be sensitive to the word of God, the voice of God, I believe we'll be in good shape. James talks about being hearers of the word, not doers. Everybody's here. Everybody here is a hearer. But not everybody here is a doer. Be doers of the word, James 1, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I want to be blessed, don't you? I want to be sensitive to the voice of God. And God will speak, and the more you listen, the more he'll speak. The more receptive you are, the more he'll talk to you. Number four, write this down. Let's pray for the loads that are on people's shoulders to be surrendered to the Lord in the service. Everybody comes in, and many people has a burden. They're carrying a load. They've got weights. They've got things on their mind, things on their heart. They've got things that are weighing them down. Let's pray that when they come to church, that they'll cast their care upon the Lord and let God lighten that load and lighten that burden. I'm telling you right now, the church is a place where the loads can be lightened. David said in Psalm chapter number 60, verse number one, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy, and I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. What is he saying? He says, I need a place of refuge. I've come to church before with loads that were so heavy, I don't know how I walked in here under my own power. I've seen folks come in and you could see it on their face. Their attitude was, preacher, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I didn't think I'd make it, but I'm here. I'm talking about weighted down, loaded down, and come to church 
And God somehow or another threw a song, a congregational, a special, a trio song, or the preaching God to reach over and take that load off of their shoulders. They walk out with their chin a little higher, a little spring in their step. What happened? God lifted that load. God lifted that load at church. My wife and I have been through some valleys, been through some storms. Of course, all of us have. But I could, we could sit here and tell you about several different times when we walked into church with our guts hanging out. We went to a camp meeting one time in, in Kentucky. We'd just gone through one of the worst trials we'd ever gone through. It was still going on. We went to a, we went to a meeting and old brother Barry Rackley got up and preached about that passage of scripture over there. I believe it's in the book of Psalms where he talked about running through a, running, leaping over a wall and running through a troop of 10,000. And brother Barry preached a message on how to get through it and how to get over it. My Lord of mercy, what a message. And I sit there and that, the word of God was like a bomb. I can't explain it, but it was just like God just did surgery, just took that load. I remember one time, we was going through a difficult time at a church. And I went to, I think it was Resaca. Brother Larry Wells got up and preached on Mephibosheth. He preached on being lame because of somebody else. And I felt God reach down and just take that load off of me. What am I saying? People come to church with loads. You might not be able to tell by looking at them. And you might not be able to do anything for them. But you can pray for them before the service that God can do something for them. And God has a way of lifting the load. Number five, write this down. Pray for the longings to be satisfied. Have you ever come to church and you was longing for something you just didn't know what it was. Is anybody, is anybody, raise your hand. Is, if it, you've gone to church and you, you said before you got here, Lord, I need something. But if somebody had asked you, what is it you need, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to tell them, I don't know. I need something. David said in Psalm 107, in verse number eight, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Boy, how many times have I gone to church and I just had an empty, I had an emptiness, I had a void that I couldn't explain. It was just there. And go to church and God in his sovereignty feel that longing, feel that void, meet that need. And I left, and I say it all the time here, I say, how many of you are glad you came to church? Huh? Now, if I would say that right when we first started, a bunch of you probably just look at me. But at the end of the service, I'm so glad I came. People say to me all the time, I'm so glad I came tonight. God helped me tonight. What happened? He filled a longing that was in your soul. And I'm telling you, you're not going to get that at Home Depot. You're not going to get that down there at the diner. You're not going to get that at the ball game. You're not going to get that at the carnival. The church is a place where people's longings and spiritual needs are met in a unique way. We need to pray that that happens when they come here. That's why people keep coming back. People keep coming back. Yes, my phone rings all the time. Preacher, I just, it's a long way. It's a long drive, but it's worth it. It's a long drive, but it's worth it. Amen. Brother Tom Hudson and his wife, 
walking in this morning. When they walked to the back door, I thought, boy, it's good to see Brother Hudson. They were on staff here for four years, and they took a position at another school, and they live all the way on the other side of the Bay Bridge, just an hour from here. Some of y'all don't think realize that. They was here for four years, every day, drove an hour one way. I mean, bridges and tolls and the whole nine yards. And they walked in the back door after church. I walked back there and said, Brother Hudson, sure was good to see you. I said, it's good to see you. I said, I know it was a long way. He looked at me and said, Preacher, you used to say it all the time, that there ain't no place around like this place. He said, I used to think to myself, oh, I've been in places like this. He said, but after I left, I realized it was a long time ago. There ain't many places like this around. Why do folks drive an hour? Why do folks drive 45 minutes? Because they get here, there's a longing that is satisfied that only God can do. I gave up a long time ago trying to do it myself. I can't. It's physically and humanly impossible to meet every need in this place. But I know a man who can. <laughs> I know somebody that can just specifically, individually meet every single need in here. Lastly, but not least, write this down. Pray for the lost to be saved. There's not a service goes by here at Calvary Baptist Church but what there's not unsaved people walk through our doors. Every service. There's no question in my mind. A church this big with as many people, not every single person in here has been saved. There's people here that thinks they're saved. There's some of you in here that thinks you're saved, you're deceived, you've never been born again. If the rapture took place, you'd be sitting here right now looking at a pile of dirty laundry on the pews. And you'd, you'd, you'd go, oh, stink. I'm left behind. Oh, snap. We need to pray that lost people, when they come to this church, leave saved. We need to pray that while they're here, the Holy Spirit of God will speak to them and draw them and convict them and show them their need of a Savior. I've seen people, you say, well, preacher, you don't always preach a salvation message. You don't always give a clear presentation of the gospel. I've seen people get saved during offerings. I've, I've seen people get saved at the craziest times. Trust me when I tell you, God the Holy Ghost can do a work in people's heart, but we need to be praying that he does. We need to get up in that balcony or still over in our pew and take a few minutes, pull away from your buddies and all your chatting and all your fellowship and all your nonsense and bow your head and get in the Holy Ghost and get in the prayer room and get in the throne room and, and call out to God and say, Lord, would you save somebody today? I know I've told this before, but I'm going to tell it again. About a, a uh, young preacher was talking to an old preacher. The old preacher was talking about people getting saved at church. And the young man said, he said, uh, well, we had not had anybody get saved at our church in, in months. The old man looked at him. He said, do you expect somebody to get saved every service? The young preacher said, no. He said, well, that's your problem. And I get saved because you ain't expecting them to. You're not even praying for it. I'm going to tell you something. It'd be a shame to come to Calvary Baptist Church, sit in here for an hour and a half, and leave and die and go to hell. Right. Amen. I'll tell you what's worse than that. Be to come in here and sit in here for weeks or months or years thinking you're saved and die and go to hell. Right. Holy Spirit of God has a way of telling people that's lost that they're lost. I don't tell people they're lost. 
When I've been to churches before, they made me, that preacher, by the time he got done preaching, he made me doubt my salvation. I was like, man, I need to get saved again. I mean, they, they basically said everybody, everybody's lost. If you look sideways at your neighbor once this week, you're dying and going to hell. You need to get saved. I'm like, my goodness. I don't tell people they're lost. That's the Holy Ghost job. But I really do believe if we'll pray, and I mean pray as a church and agree praying that lost people coming in here need to get saved. And I believe they can get saved here. Amen. They can get saved here. You better believe they can. If you can't get saved here, I don't know where you can get saved. This is a good place to get saved right here. It's like a delivery room at a hospital. It's a good place to have a baby. This is a good place right here to have a baby right here. This is a delivery room. And I've told y'all, if you'll bring lost people, I'll preach to them. You get them here, I'll preach to them. God will, God will work in their heart. I just wonder how much we're praying before the church service for lost people to be saved. There's a whole list of things on the wall right there. That's enough to get us started. Get here early. Get here just a few minutes early. Go up there and pray. There's a prayer list up there. You got that prayer list on you? Did you get it? I'm sorry, don't worry about it. There's a prayer list on that back rack. There's a prayer list up there in that rack. There's a whole list of how to pray for the church service. There's about 10 or 15 things on there, specific, laid out, similar to what I just preached. Just go down that prayer list. God, would you do this? Would you give the pastor liberty to preach? Would you give people liberty to listen? Would you keep the distractions to a minimum? Would you allow people to be responsive? Would you allow the Holy Spirit of God to be able to work and move? May the Word of God have free course. Pray for people to respond. Pray for lost people to get saved. Pray for young men to be called to preach. Pray for couples and families to be called to the mission field. I'm talking about praying, specific prayers. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. I wonder how much time we're spending praying in the house of God. They always want to put the monkey on the preacher's back. I go to these prayer conferences. I go to these revivals. The church is supposed to be a place of prayer. Well, who says you got to pray during the service? Won't you pray before the service? Come down here during the week and pray. Well, if we don't pray during the prayer, if the preacher don't call on us to pray, I guess we don't have to pray. You can get down here and pray for an hour before church starts if you want to. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder tonight if the Spirit of God maybe spoke to you about something that you could do personally. I'm talking about you taking this message personal about praying for the church service.